Entering our second season of Blood Time, we want to thank not only our phenomenal and remarkable individuals that were our guests, but also the support, the incredible support that we have had throughout the community, not only locally, but nationally. What you can absolutely put to bed as guaranteed the second season of Blood Time are more remarkable individuals, more transformative stories, and more Blood Time moments. Please give a listen to the second season for we are all blood. Coach Cimarroni here. Love to all. I want to thank Serve Pro of Beachwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beachwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beachwood. That's Serve Pro Beachwood, Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights.com, 216-464-4498. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beachwood, we love Serve Pro of Beachwood. In studio today, I have the brainchild. The Wrestling Factory, Mike Kalzicki, the man who created this fantastic opportunity for so many young men and women uh, to continue in the sport and to thrive in the sport. Mike, welcome. How you doing? Thanks for having me, Coach. Good to see you. Good, Good to, to see you. you. My pleasure having you in here. So, Mike, tell me a little bit about, we want to start off, obviously, Blood Time likes to start off and give you the foundation of what made Mike mm -hmm. uh, Kalzicki uh, gravitate towards the sport of wrestling and then... Uh, who built that foundation? Who are those people that built those foundations around you that uh, created who you are? Right. Um, you know, for me, I guess it's, you know, usually you have a father or an uncle or yeah. grandfather that got into wrestling and um, nobody in my family wrestled. Um, that's you know, a, that's very, that's yeah. very strange. Exactly. You know I mean, it really is. That's, that's interesting. Yep. And first grade, I went out for intramural basketball and wrestling and I liked watching, you know, WWF wrestling on sure, TV yeah, yeah. and that drew me t towards the wrestling mat, okay. and first grade I just took off. Basketball wasn't my sport; wrestling was. All right. And uh, actually, I started wrestling before my older brother got into it. Oh, okay. So I was in first grade, and he probably started wrestling in fourth grade. But I was actually before him. What um, uh, grade school? Saint Albert the Great. Oh, North that's, that's a feeder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had great coaches. Yeah, uh, Jack yeah. Liani, senior. Sure. Jack Liani, junior. Uh, Phil Matillo. Yeah. Um, they were awesome coaches, you know, definitely. And very committed. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. CYO program. Yes, yes. Sadly gone. Yes. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. So as you're saying, so first, first, second, third, fourth grade, you look yeah. at this stuff and what's you know, happening? I didn't, my parents are always supportive, great parents. Okay. Um, you Did know, they play mom, any sports? You know, not, uh, my mom didn't, my dad might play JV football in high school, but. Um, gotcha. You know, my dad at a young age had to work, um, sure. you know, didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. So he was working, you know, at nine, 10 years old. Um, so that's one thing they always taught me is hard work and, you know, just getting after it. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, that's kind of yeah. how it got. And I got right into wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, I fell in love with the sport from the get go. I took it pretty serious. Sure. And, uh, you know, it just kind of came on that way, you know, and then my brother got in the sport with us and mm -hmm. um, my parents would take me to practices, tournaments. They drive right. us. Our vacations became wrestling tournaments, you know. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I felt bad for my my older sister and my brother that 
you know, we're coming on these vacations slash wrestling trips, you know, yeah, to make exactly. it cheaper. <laughs> and uh, not, not much. Well, they figured it out. Yeah, right? they, they did. Had, yep. They had to have fun somehow, Ex- somewhere, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we went all over the country for wrestling. And That's cool. My dad never told me, you know, what to do or, you know, do this or do that in practice. They never came to practice. They dropped me off. Right. They supported Old me. Old school parents. Yeah, it was You great. know, I mean, my dad was, although he came to the games... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and yeah. he wrestled a bit for Shaker. He he never. There was no way he's right. going into practice right back in the day. Yeah, my parents went to like every uh, wrestling event I had from youth to high school to college. Sure, but they sat in the stands. They my mom would tell me, you know, go to your destiny. Good luck. Yes. Um, they never ever once you know critiqued me or criticized me or said you should do this. They just said they love me and go go after it. So. Yeah, that was I couldn't ask for a better that, situation. That's, that's really a, we're missing some of that today. Yes. Uh, we get such critiques from the parents that think they know more than the coaches, and it's yeah. just it's really aggravating, don't you think? It is. It's and because I've had a, I had my parents like they were supportive. I yeah. can't even I don't understand these parents that are on their kids about right. You know, and a lot of these parents didn't do anything. You know, they're, yeah. They're, they just, they want the best for their kid. And I get Well, they're that. living virtually through the kid. Yes. You know? yeah. And they want terrible. the best. They think they're doing the best thing. But at the same time, um, you know, I think they're going to burn the kid out, you know, and then they're going to yeah. separate the coach from the student. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm trying to teach a, uh, or coach a kid and his parents are yelling at him, telling him to do this way differently, yeah. um, I'm going to step take a step back from that kid. Yeah, I think it's I think it's yeah. destructive just not only in our sport but in our society. Yeah. You have these helicopter parents, you have these snowplow parents <laughs> that just want no bumps yeah. for these kids, and especially in our sport, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's the bumpiest sport you get, right? No doubt. Yeah. But more importantly, you know, I, I remember when I took over a beach for the second time in fourteen, it was highly toxic. And yeah. pretty much it was out of basically two families right. that created created yeah, this toxicity. It doesn't take much, right? It did not, and they were obviously, you know, great wrestlers and stuff, but the parents were mediocre wrestlers mm-hmm. at, at best, and and I knew those guys, right. you know, and they know who they are. And it was d- such a disservice not only to the sport, but to the kids sure. and the kids that were also surrounding it. And before you knew it, we were down to six kids, right. K, through, yeah. K through 12. I had to completely wow. detoxify sure. that organization and basically put rules in place saying, you parents right. are going to shut up yeah okay i'm the coach you don't like it yep. try to get me fired mm-hmm. but you're not going to get me right. fired you know what i mean so i feel you man so so you've created this whole culture now with the wrestling factory right right and we're trying to you know we're doing the same thing here with blood time we're sure. training a culture of, of excellence of transformative right. behavior of remarkable individuals mm-hmm. so tell me what you know generated this you know, uh, thought of the wrestling factory. You know, but before I get in there, you had a pretty good high school career. Let's okay. talk about that. I yeah. mean, you went to St. Ed's, the premier program in, in the state of Ohio and one of the top in the country of all time. Yeah, um, yeah, I went to St. Ed's. Um, sure. Four-time state place winner. Um, yes, you were. Won state title twice. Awesome. Third as a sophomore, or second as a sophomore. Um, and then my team, our 98, class 98, we were crowned national champs that yes, year. We would all, we beat Blair Academy, Easton, um, Phillipsburg, um, all Just the Pennsylvania schools. Teams, right? yeah. <laughs> but we got our butt kicked. Our junior year, we went out to Blair, and okay. they destroyed us. Um, a couple other Pennsylvania teams but beat on us pretty good. Gotcha. And that was a low point in our my high school career, was that, that coming back from that trip. And then I remember that talking to the guys. That was 97, saying we don't want that to happen again. Right. Right. We came back the following year. We beat Blair Friday night in their own gym. Wow. I think ESPNU or ESPN2 was there. It was pretty cool. Yes. Um, and then we went the next day and wrestled in a quad. 
out in Easton um, okay. at some Pennsylvania schools, and, and we handled them pretty well. Yeah, Easton is loaded. That's the yeah. home of Larry Holmes, yeah. former heavyweight champion. Yeah, right. Gavin, a, a good buddy of mine, Ricky Slavsky, who's one of the top uh, referees. He's got a radio show out there, and that's okay. a hotbed. Yeah, definitely. That's a hotbed. So you, re, you, you recommitted after the 97 ass whooping, right? right? And you yep. said, that's not going to happen again. We're going to go kick, kick some butt, but we're yeah. going to do it the St. Ed's way. Right. Tell me about that. What's the St. Ed's way? Um, you know, I think it's, you know, we got great coaches, you know, obviously Howard Ferguson, you yes. know, never, I met the guy one time at a camp, you mm-hmm. know, just briefly said hi to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Coach Urbis was my coach and John Heffernan and. Well, um, half was something. Half was awesome. he still is. Yep. He's amazing. And he, amazing. he's been running that uh, program, the practices for the last 20 years, right. you know, maybe even longer than that. Um, obviously Urbis is the head figure or was the head yeah. figure and sure. you can't replace him and you can't replace John Heffernan. Um, and he just, he kind of taught us that Iowa style, grinding style in your face wrestling, yeah. no matter what you do, you hustle and effort and get you after always it. always win an OT, no yep. matter what. Exactly. An and the great thing about St. Ed's was we got a lot of good partners. We had kids from all over coming in and, and the practice room was pretty competitive. You know, sure. you go up a weight or down a weight, you're going to have a stud. Yeah. And I think, you know, after years after practicing with these guys, you're ready to go for competition. I think some high schools might lack that because they don't have the partners that we have. Right. Um, and we had a lot of good coaches, you know, that came back. And well, that's what I, that us. was my next question, Mike. Who was that? Who was that assistant coach that bonded with you? Who was that guy? Um, I'd say John Hefferton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah he was sure. young. Um, he just came. You know, I think he was coaching for a couple of years by the time I got in. But mm-hmm. you know, he was he was Iowa style wrestling. Yeah. When yeah. I was growing up, I wanted to go to Iowa. Um, right. Love the Terry Brands, Tom Brands, you know, just that whole mentality. So you built the same size. Yeah, pretty much Terry. And Tom, yeah, right? and so I, I worship yeah. those guys. Have you know wrestled with those guys? He wrestled under Gable. Um, mm-hmm. So most of my high school career, that's where I wanted to go to college. Was Fantastic. Iowa. So I was all centered in around John Heffernan. Man, the list goes on. Um, Jeff Leonard was a great coach. Yes, he was really uh, you know great for the guys. And, so so yeah. enthusiastic. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just a, and the list goes on with yeah. coaches. You know, yeah. I was just thinking about that on the way here. There's a lot of guys that, you know, no longer coach there, but were there for a couple years. And what was that? Great room. What, 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 Mike, was there some word, some conversation that you had with a coach that just said, man, this really made a difference? You know, um, that's a tough one. Um, is it? I know from a young age, I my youth coaches, Phil Matillo and Jack Liani Sr., mm-hmm. they were awesome. You know, they were they were the great coaches. They were tough on us. But at the same time, you know, they would say, all right, you're pretty good, but, you know, there's some other good wrestlers out there. Sure. You know, he'd always keep us in check. Sure. And he and, and uh, Mr. Liani did that in a subtle way. Um, kept you know, me humble. Kept me humble. Yeah. I won four CYO city titles, which sure. is a pretty it's big fantastic. deal at the time. Yeah. But he, he kept me in check. He'd take us to Longwood Y practices, North sure. Akron Y practices, and he'd, we'd get some competition out there. Sure. And uh, so I always wanted to please him, you know, and... He, he let me know that, you know, he thought I was doing a good job, but he always said there's another guy out there. And it's true. It. There's always somebody out there that's going to beat you. And it happened. And yeah. I got beat a bunch of times, you know. Sure. And just that whole, that philosophy and keeping us humble, mm-hmm. you know, I try to carry on today to the kids I coach and that's stuff fantastic. like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's paying it forward. Right? Yeah. You know, trying that's to, yep. that ripple effect. That people, I, I keep telling that. I keep saying that in, in all these interviews. Good and bad does not happen in a vacuum. Right. They ripple, and yep. you better do good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. and tell good stuff, and, yeah. and, and preach good stuff. Definitely. So, you're in that wrestling room at St. Ed's. It's just a monster room, and mm-hmm. I've had the uh, honor of wrestling in that room back in the '80s when I was mm-hmm. assistant coach. 
As a matter of fact, I, I, I did a round robin with Jim Heffernan and John Zingales <laughs> wow. and Wright and all those cats back. That's it was a great the, group. Yeah, 32, 30, 38-pounders. Uh, wow. So tell me, who was your toughest uh, drill partner? Uh, you know, I had I was so lucky. I had Gray Maynard. Oh, my goodness. We, we drilled a lot, um, especially our senior year. We sure. were drilling. Ryan Bertine. Oh, was another a great two-time NCAA yeah. champion. Come on. Yeah. I, I think I I think I refereed a CYO match that sure. he won back in the day. Where did he go to? He, he C- went to the University of Michigan. Yeah. Well. No, I know that, but I mean, uh, he what was his CYO? St. Albert's. He exactly. wrestled. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, exactly. That's so, crazy. Yeah, our CYO program was was loaded. We had a lot of great kids. Bertine, and, my God, yeah, was he tough. He was a stud. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yoshi Nakamura, who's a year older than me. Yes, I just talked to Yoshi. Yeah. He's a terrific guy. Yep. What a quality individual. And he was fun to wrestle because if you yeah. made a mistake, he'd throw you on your head. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, With that judo stuff. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So it was uh, Nick Nemeth would turn oh into Dolph goodness. Ziggler. Yes. Andy Rovat was lo- this bigger than me, but we still rolled around a little bit. Okay. Um, Mike Tolar. So that class just wow. it goes on and on. We had that a great group of kids. incredible all-star. Yep. Well, Greg was talking about all the, you know, the four-timers. What you have? You have... Uh, Four four timers or eight four so. st- something yeah. like that and fourteen three timer. I mean, just some crazy, yeah, crazy numbers of. It's just it's just an insane and that that names that you just listed off would be, you know, an incredible all star. Yeah. Let alone just in one or two years, <laughs> right? You know yep. what I mean for all for all time teams. You yeah. know so, well that is amazing and we're gonna take a, okay. a quick break and come back and talk a little bit about the wrestling okay. factory. Okay. Thanks, Excellent. Mike. Yep. Thank you. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com And we're back with Mike Kalzicki from the Wrestling Factory, Blood Time, Coach Cimarroni here. Mike, talk to me about what was the kernel, the, the thought, the inspiration for creating the Wrestling Factory, which is doing so fantastic today. You know, I was assistant coach at the University of Michigan for okay. eight years. Um, just, just a terrible university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know people in Ohio aren't too fond of them. No, it's a quality university. But it is a great school. Yeah, quality. Um, Dominic Abinader. Yeah, right? definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sure. Brian Bertine. Brian I mean, Bertine, true. Andy Rovat. Yep. So we had Mark Mose. We had a pipeline going there. Was Torello there when you were there? Yeah. Uh, well, Mark... Mark Sr. is the father. Oh, Mark yeah. Jr. is my year. Sure. And then there's Ryan and Josh Trell. They yeah. were a couple years younger than me. Ryan but, was a stud. Right? Yeah, the, yeah. Ryan and Josh both were three-time champs um, and runner-up finishes their senior year. Yeah, so you're the University of Michigan, you're mm-hmm. an eight-time or eight-year uh, coach. Yeah. And that all of a sudden, maybe the wrestling factory comes Yeah, and then we, so. you know, I would go recruiting. I would, I'd recruit some of the top kids in the country, and, and uh, we'd go out to uh, Chicago, where sure. uh, Sean Bormet was running the overtime wrestling club. Who's it's the current Who's coach, the current head coach right? at yeah. Michigan. It right. went to a couple other places. Uh, New Jersey had a, a pretty good club out there. That was before all this club scene was going. And uh, yeah. I always thought, you know, at, when we were coaching at Michigan, we get a lot of the top-notch kids. Right. You know, we just kind of fine-tune them. You know, I thought it would be great to, to, you know, first work for myself. Okay. Run my own business. But be able to start coaching kids from a young age, you know, and kind of mold them into 
a, you know, a wrestler sure. or, or a person they are today. Sure. Um, you know, college coaches are great. It was a great job. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we just fine tune kids, you know, we yeah. didn't get to work with their fundamentals and we did that stuff. But I, I thought a real good coach like Jack Liani, Phil Matillo yep. is a coach that could take somebody from, you know, the novice level and guide them up to, you know, high school and just, elite level. Just take this beautiful piece yeah. of clay and make mm-hmm. some beautiful statue, yeah. right? Yeah, of, of humanity. So sure. that's what kind of, you know, kind of got me thinking about, you know, doing my own club. And yeah. then I moved back to Cleveland and I started the Wrestling Factory. When did you start it? The fall of 2011. 2011. Yeah, yeah and I, I've seen you, well, actually, a couple of uh, practices at Lake Catholic. Yep. When mm-hmm. I was coaching, when yep. I was head coach right. at Beachwood. Uh, you ran a fantastic practice it was just like clockwork Thanks. and you also addressed the kids right in a human you know humanistic way and making them understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and what yeah. it's going to take them take them to the next level right. i really like that Thank philosophy you. that's yeah. terrific so you've got this wrestling factory and you know with um what we're currently in with this turbulent times of this uh this virus and uh this this health crisis we don't know what we're facing right. in the sport of wrestling as a high school sure. or middle school or public school or even private school situation because of you know the government having their right. say. Uh, the clubs can still do it. Right. So tell me what's going on with you guys. Uh, yeah. How are you holding practice? What's going on? With well, you? you know, we, we're having practice three days a week. We have um, like a sixth grade and under novice nice. practice, and then we have a junior high high school practice. Sure. Um, I mean, we're going by all the protocols. We're taking temperatures before kids get in. Sure. Uh, we're keeping parents out the out of the building, which is okay. a blessing. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and so, and we're trying to keep kids in a group of two or four. Okay. You know, and they kind of stay on this, this certain part of the mat where they're at, and those are their partners for the day. Gotcha. Um, you know, we're sending out. They got to you know sign the waiver forms, and sure. if they have any you know um, signs or symptoms, they got to let us know or not come to practice. Right. Um, so we're trying to stay in communication with the parents and the kids, and just you know we're cleaning the facilities you know two three times a day. Yeah. Uh, we heard a company. Well, coming we're in that to sport do it. anyhow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, we're we right know, on we know more more of that than any sport. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, Defenso. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Guy oh yeah. Gaseco, Definitely right? been buying a lot of their product lately, and <laughs> sure. it's a great product. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we love those guys. Yeah. They, they've uh, they've been on before. Uh, so so you've got that going on, but Mike, tell me what what do you see in the future? I mean, you know, I think clubs have taken over a lot of different sports. Are they, are they going to take over our sport? It what, could very well be. You know, um, I'm not familiar with soccer clubs, but right. uh, I think that's what it is. Most of the soccer, top hockey, soccer, yeah, hockey is doing a lot of that. They're in yeah. their own clubs, and you know, if OHSA you know comes in and and puts a stop on this season, right. Um, you might people might just go to club wrestling. Yes. You know? Um, yes. at all different levels. Even at the university levels. You got the RTCs already started up. Yeah. So we might be a club sport from beginners all the way to senior level. It could possibly happen. Sure. Um it might be great for the sport. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's hard to say. I would I mean it definitely would like a, a season for the high school kids and college kids. Yes. Um but this could be, you know, changing of the sport a little bit. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, I just don't see I see change in education. Yeah, you know, true. I see, you no know, question. you know, my my girlfriend, fantastic human being. She's a second grade teacher, mm-hmm. and she's doing it Zoom. Yeah. Oh my God, that's gotta be it's tough. horrible. It's so stressful on the teacher, let alone the parents and the kids. Yeah, you know, it's bad enough to try to teach second graders, yes. let alone in person, let alone yeah. via Zoom. 
And, you know, and kids need socialization. No doubt about it. You know, they need to be, you know, with people, with, and learn how to become a human being, basically, right? Same thing in athletics. I mean, we need that practice. Exactly. You know, I was jonesing from getting in front of my kids. No question. Just to yep. see them. And, hey, how you doing, dude? And high-fiving. You can't even high-five them. You got to elbow it, them. I know. think my coaching philosophy has been changing during this time because, okay. you know, obviously I want to train these kids to be the best wrestlers, best sure. people they could be, you know. Um, but I'm working with beginners, novices, you know. And these kids, their, their time coming to the factory and an outlet, you know, yeah. and so I've kind of taken a step back and, and you know, if, if someone's goofing off in practice instead of sure. getting on them, you know, we're, you know, this might be his only way to get out and get away from home yeah. and get around other kids. And, you know, if they want to goof off, you know, maybe I'll let them goof off a little bit, you sure. know, but give a just, little bit more latitude yes, yeah, because yeah. who knows what, what's going on at home. Sure. They could have a bad home life, you know, yeah. they might not have a mom or dad, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I've been stepping back, thinking about it a little bit and, um, kind of opened my eyes to just coaching and just trying to create it to be a fun atmosphere, especially sure. for the young kids. I want them to have Well, you have, have more fun responsibility now. Yeah. You have to take it sure. no matter what. You know, we, we yeah. don't, maybe we don't want that, but right. it doesn't matter, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take that responsibility. And no I always took that very seriously no matter what. Yeah. I, I knew that sometimes I was the only father figure. Sure. In there, and I took it very seriously. Right. I tell the kids the very first day, I said, my actual legal definition is locus parentis. That means local parent. You guys are all my sons. Right now, I'm also going to hold you to that sure. standard too, exactly. right? But I love you. Yeah. No matter what, I'm not doing this because of the dough. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, I, I know that you have a business, but I know sure. that it has to be love there. Too, yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that philosophy. What's the wrestling factory philosophy? Once I come in there, and I, I let's say I don't have a son that mm-hmm. of that age, or my son's thirty-two years old, yeah. thirty, you know. But if I take a son to to to, to Mike Kalzicki's wrestling factory, what's the philosophy that I can expect? You know, first, and it's I guess it changes a little bit depending on the age of the kid. Sure. But first and foremost, the kids are coming in, especially the young kids. We want to keep them coming back because okay. wrestling's a tough sport. Sure. You know, um, we got to keep kids in the sport. Okay. So they got to have fun. We we do a lot of wrestling, basic games, specific games. That they can have fun, okay. um, kind of keep it lighthearted. You know, we do a lot of tumbling things like that. Okay. Um, for the kids that are getting a little bit older, more experienced kids, we want to be, you know, an, an extra coach there for them. You know, okay. we don't want to be their high school coach. You know, they have high school coaches. We're just there to like supplement their their coaching, add and validate to, it. Yes, and to validate it, yeah. add what they have. Okay. Um, luckily, I got the wrestling, you know, the college level Division One. I. I got the coach at Division One, so I know what college coaches are looking for. So if I could add that to kids. Um, you know, their, their, their resume, so to speak, sure. and help them out, sure. you know, guide them, take them to national tournaments. That's fantastic. Um, maybe their coach in summertime can't do as much, you know, yeah. everyone's yeah. busy, full-time jobs. That is my job. I'm a full-time coach and I want to be there for them. Excellent. So you have the actual facility. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, the, the practices and all that. Do you do any personal yeah, we do. Yeah, we do a lot of personal private okay. lessons. Yep. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Now, do you do that in... In the facility, or do you go to other areas? Um, we mainly do it at the factory. Okay. Um, I've gone to people's houses. Um, I've done. I've worked with some different high schools and run sure. a practice at, at high school. I've done that. Yes. Um, but right now, you know, mainly most kids come to me. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, I'm willing to go anywhere else, too. That's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, we need guys like you. Thank particularly you. Particularly in this scenario. Right. We need leadership. We need strength. We need courage. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, this is a difficult time, and... Uh, you know, I, I tell the guys, because I'm doing, all we're doing right now is just conditioning. Right. I can't even get them sure. to basically shadow, you know, yeah. pretty much. 
But I told him, I said, act as if. Mm-hmm. That's the way I am. Right. I, I am, I am in definitely intending to have a wrestling season no this year. Um, and if we do, I want you in the room once right. or twice this year to yeah, teach, definitely. teach a, Love to teach a, a, teach a, a practice sure. and also to bring this philosophy in. And I want you to continue to do great things in the sport, Mike, because we need guys like you. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Oh, my pleasure. Leave us with it, one or two things that can impress not only your, your your students but also the audience at large. And, and maybe some – I know that Greg Urbis said uh, two things, and they were from Howard Ferguson. Yeah. You know, but he said, hey, use the sport. Right. Don't let the sport use you and never get up, give up on a kid. Yeah. Right? I, love I love that one, yeah. the Coach Urbis one. You know, and I'm glad he – I was listening to that interview and I just, I remember him saying to us all the time, and it's true, you can't give up on a kid. Especially I'm dealing with even younger kids than high school kids. Sure. That's all, you know, some of these kids don't have a lot going on. You don't know what their home life is like, you know. So if they could come to practice, laugh and have a good time and I could crack jokes at them, you know, and that that means a lot. So, yeah, I I like the fact, you know, don't ever give up on a kid. That's so true. I love that. Um, You know, I like hustle and effort. You know, I, I feel... You know, it doesn't matter. I tell my kids, it doesn't matter how long you've been wrestling. You've been wrestling one day. You've been wrestling ten years. It's all about hustle and effort. Yes. You know, you give that. Um, you give hustle. You give me hundred percent hustle and effort. You know, it's going to make up for experience. And yeah. and uh, I think that's just it's an important thing to go by. Every time you're out there, hustle and effort. I love that. Yeah. That's the wrestling factory motto. I yeah, like that sure. a lot. I like that a lot. Well, also to the point that I think the most important point out of this entire interview is about you are a facility to help people that maybe have bad home lives, right. maybe have no father figure, maybe right. have no outlet. Right. And so you're even more important today in this crisis than ever before. So, Mike, please continue to do great stuff. Thanks, Coach. We are blood. This cool. is Coach Cimarroni with Mike Zicky from the Wrestling Factory. Love to all. Men, are you looking for that great suit or sports outfit made out of the finest fabrics and made-to-measure tailoring? J&A Custom Clothing Tailoring and Alteration will come to your home or office and give you that fashion statement that you will be known for. Call J&A Custom Clothing and the owner, Joseph Alberstadt, at 216-513-6165. That's J&A Custom Clothing. 216-513-6165. I want to share my thought of the day with you. Burden, privilege, fact, myth, or construct, no matter, for the elegance lives in the positive solution. Inevitably and ultimately, it is up to you and I. Hi, this is Lee Kemp. You've just heard an episode of Blood Time. Check out all the episodes at maverickpodcasting.com.